guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. When the week you've been having is rough. Anybody ever have a rough week? When the day that you're having is rough, or the night that you're having is rough, sometimes you just have to say, God, you're good. Sometimes there's no other answer to the question, but you're good. God, I can't see through the circumstance or the situation I'm in, but you're good. God, I don't understand what I'm going through or what's going on in my family, but you're good. And I think once we change our mindset to say, okay, you're good, God, through the good times, through the bad times, through the times that I don't understand, I'm going to praise you. Because let me tell you something, sometimes you just got to praise your way out of being tired. Sometimes you got to pray, I'm praising my way out of being tired this morning. Sometimes you just got to praise your way out of being depressed and, and anxiety comes upon. Sometimes you just got to get them. Come on, somebody in here needs to hear that you have got to praise your way out of a situation sometimes. Oh, come on, Jesus is good. Let's just say he's good for a couple. Oh, you are good. Come on. Come on. You are good. It doesn't look good, maybe, but let's get our hands in the air. And let's proclaim, because sometimes you can speak to the atmosphere. And even if it ain't good, you are good. You're good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are good. You're good. Oh, let's sing it again. You are good. You're good. Oh, so good. You are good to me. You're good to my family. Oh, you are good. Come on. Sometimes you got to take yourself back in your mind. And your circumstance may not look good now, but where's he brought you from? Come on. Sometimes you got to praise him for where you were and where he's taking you. So many times we get caught up in the here and we want to go back there. And he said, I want to take you there. So it's, come on, we're going to say you are good right now. You were good back then. You're going to be good in the future. And God, I just know I can praise my way out of this. Oh, oh, he is inhabiting the praise of his people this morning. Uh, we're not just lingering just to be lingering. We're lingering because God is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Okay, altar call time. Jesus, thank you. Come on, let's give him the best praise. I'm not talking about the best hand clap. Let's give him the best praise that we can give him. Don't let the... Jesus! Woo! Come on! Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Woo! Jesus, thank you. 
Thank you when we don't deserve it, that you're good. <laughs> that would be all a lot of time for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you never give up on us, that you never let us down. You are a friend that sticks closer to the world. You're a constant. In the world of everything changing around us, God, you are the constant. You are the rock that we stand on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, okay. Let's get them lights on and everybody get a seat and praise him while we're sitting down. Thank you, worship team. That was, woo, that was good. It gets gooder and gooder all the time. Come on. Ah, what a great week we had last week. Come on. What about what a great birthday celebration we all got. Anybody stay after? Y'all have fun. It was great. And uh, I got Cool Whip in my ears, in my nose, in my eyes. I was sticky all over the place. And I think Johnny planned it that way, but that's okay. Because I think he got a little bit in his hair. He has a little more hair than I do. So Pastor Mindy said, I am not doing, you're not pieing this pastor because I got to go somewhere and I ain't washing his hair again. <laughs> so we didn't. But as we said, crews have started up again this week, and they're following the next few weeks. So if you haven't got a chance to get signed up yet, get signed up because there's a place for you and every crew. That, that rhyme was pretty good. A place for you and every crew. And let me just tell you all something, too. CR this week reached a milestone. Brandy and them are doing it. Brandy and her team are doing a great job. Come on. They reached their six-month milestone, and they've been approved to be a national online registry. So, so let me tell you what that means. That means that someone who needs help, who needs with their hang-ups and habits and, and all the things that they need help with, they, now they can go online, and they can pick up, and they'll pull up Big Church. Come on. There's... And it's all because of the hard work that's been put in in the last six months. So we want to give them uh, kudos. And third Wednesday, hey, everybody, can, can I just talk to y'all, be a pastor this morning? Everybody, people have coming up to me and said, we just need more than Sunday. We just need more than Sunday. We just need more than Sunday. Well, we provided prayer, which is every first Wednesday night. Come on. There's more than just Sunday. And also third Wednesday, which is coming up, which is going deeper and learning how to, to interpret the Bible and getting questions that we had a, the last time we did, we had question and answer and it was so good. So you need to come out and, and really support that because I think if you want to go deeper, you've got to take that step to do it. And it's Wednesday night at 6.30. Hey, listen, we've had a great series called Qualified. And we know a few, many, some of y'all weren't here, but we talked about Gideon and how God took a coward hiding in a corner and turned him into a mighty warrior. Uh, then we talked about Rahab, who was the prostitute that God turned and saved a whole uh, city and a whole people out of just because what God did with her. He didn't discard her because of her past. He used her in a great way. And then when Pastor Minnie a couple weeks ago, I mean, she just blew it up with John the Baptist. I mean, that was so good. And how God, he felt so unqualified and God just used him in this area. But this morning, we're going to come to a close of qualified. I know y'all are sad. But this morning, we're going to talk about a man called Zacchaeus. Now, how many of y'all was raised in church or for the most part? How many know Zacchaeus' song? Anybody? Okay, we did this in preaching meeting. They sang it all wrong. I sang it right. But we're going to sing it together. Y'all ready? Yeah. Zacchaeus was... 
Savior passed that way. He looked up in the tree. Not the way I sing it. Zacchaeus. You That was the Baptist version. The Pentecostal version sounds much different than that. We have tambourines and, we have, and we're actually climbing the tree. But no, I'm not climbing. We're good. The title of my message this morning is called Out on a Limb. And when you think about that, the definition for out on a limb is it means risk. It means taking a risk and a chance, and it could be dangerous. But I often thought, is that just a country saying, hey, man, that boy went out on a limb for me. Y'all know, anybody heard that? They ain't from the country? Oh, well, good. You city folks are educated too. That's good. <laughs> but what I think about going out on a limb, I've had people say, hey, would you recommend me for a job? The first thing I'll say to them is I'll go out on a limb for you if I know you'll work. I had people say, will you give me a job reference? I said, well, the last eight jobs you had, you didn't stay more than six weeks at them. So no, I'm not going to give you a reference. I'm not going out on a limb and putting my reputation on the line for you. But let's, look, let's dive into Luke 19. It says this. It says, then Jesus, and this is what we just kind of went through right here with this worship set. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. In one version, it says, he entered and he left. Another one says he passed on through. History says that Jesus didn't do a lot of meaningful big things in Jericho. Why? It's because they didn't recognize his presence. They didn't recognize that God in the flesh was walking through their city. They didn't recognize that God. Can I just be honest with you guys? Jesus is a big deal. We got to not get too busy and too caught up with wondering... We miss out on so much of what God has for us because we're too busy, we're too distracted to know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is walking through your midst each and every day. It ain't just at church, it's at your job, it's wherever you are. So sometimes I don't want to miss what he's doing. What would happen if we acknowledged his presence more and more? Can I tell you, he's a big deal. And when he walks into the room, everything changes. Listen, you could have got a bad diagnosis, but when Jesus walks into the room, the doctor can change. You might have just got some bad news and, and whatever happened to you, but when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. People are healed and people are restored. Marriages and family are mended. Listen, whole towns and whole cities and whole countries can be transformed. Big church, don't let us be the ones to miss out. When we just did worship there, I don't want us to miss out on his presence. Because so many times we go through the motions and we go through, we do this and we do that, really not thinking. And Jesus is passing by. And I'm going to say later on, he may never pass by again. So we want to show up when he shows up. Let's look at verse uh, Luke 19. This is, would have been the morning for one of Josh's coffees for me. I think I could have drank three of those probably this morning. Our son got married last night. And if you know anything about this, I'm not hungover, but I feel like I got a hangover anymore this morning. 19.2. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. 
Here now we get introduced to a man called Zacchaeus. And it says he's a tax collector. He's not only a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector. That means he's over other tax collectors. And let me tell you what happened in that time. The Jews looked down upon tax collectors. You know why? Because most of them were thieves. Most of them were greedy. They were dishonest. They were taking money away from, and a lot of them were Jews. So that really made it worse. That really made everything worse. And they all looked at him like they were traitors. And we had this very man called Zacchaeus come in and he was very unqualified. But here's the thing about Zacchaeus. He had heard about Jesus but now he wanted to see Jesus. Psalms 34, 8 says this. It says, oh, taste. Come on, sometimes we just need a taste of the, of the one that can change everything. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Good thing that Zacchaeus was a seeker because the pursuit of God always leads to encounters. When you're pursuing after God, I can guarantee you, you will find an encounter with him if you pursue hard enough. But it's not without obstacles. Look at Luke 19, 3. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. The first obstacle he had to overcome is the crowd. Listen, there's always going to be people. Y'all know the people I'm talking about. There's always going to be those people out there that are negative. There's always those people out there that are going to tell you you'll never make it. You'll never amount to anything. There's always those people out there that are going to tell you you're going to miss out on all of the fun by following Jesus. And you're going to have those people that are just going to be haters. That song's old. I'm not going to sing haters going to hate. You got a lot of people going to say, that is an old song, isn't it? You know, I have also people say, God's really not real. He can't really do the things that, that they say he can do. But sometimes in the crowd, we get lost in the crowd. And when you get lost in the crowd, you get disconnected. And you also started to feel like nobody really knows who I am. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody can feel what I'm feeling. So the crowd can sometimes get you so disconnected that you completely you completely tap out. Sometimes the crowd can make you feel comfortable. You get comfortable in the crowd. You get complacent in the crowd. And you know why? Because you get swayed by the crowd. You go with the flow. And can I tell you the truth of something? Most of the crowd is not going the right direction. So you want to get trapped in the crowd? I'm telling you, most of the people that you are following are going in the wrong direction. It says narrow is the gate that leads to salvation. Broad and wide is the road that leads to, where I, to, 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 to death. Sorry, to death. Second, he was short, which means he's physically short. We assign value or we devalue people because of their physical appearance. We say they're either short or they're tall or they're heavy or they're skinny or they're bald and bald people are awesome. <laughs> Listen, there's so much knowledge up here, my hair couldn't even stay on. <laughs> I need prayer. <laughs> All you bald head guys, come on, Amen. Look at Chuck, all that knowledge just, just back there in the phone. But the fact is, that here's this. There are many things that keep us from pursuing Jesus. We often let our past, 
We often let failures, we often let feeling unqualified keep us from pursuing Jesus and where he's going. We often let limitations Come on, we limit ourselves all the time. We say, I work 60 hours a week and I don't have time to go to third Wednesday and I really don't have time to go to a crew and, and, and I, don't, I have so many limitations on my life that I can't really pursue who Jesus is. And sometimes we let circumstances get in our way from pursuing Jesus. I have two kids under two. That was Isaiah's. My mom drugged five of us to church you need to drag your kids to church. I had a drug problem when I was younger. I got drugged to church eight days a week. That's a miracle. But I think we can't let our circumstances dictate us following Jesus. And so many people say, well, I can't get my husband on board to go to church. I can't get my wife on board to go to church. I want to tell you something. Get your butt up, put your clothes on, get in the car, and sit in the seat. And you do that long enough, you will change that circumstance right there. That's a plug for big kids. Get your kids, get your kids to church. But today, listen, Zacchaeus realized he needed some answers. He realized there was something missing and he was tired of feeling empty. So you know what he did? He took action. So many times we get those feelings, but yet we sit on them. We get those feelings, we don't do anything about it. We don't go to the next level. But look what he did in verse four. It says, so he ran ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass by that way. Remember, this is a dude with a bad reputation. Any of y'all ever had a bad reputation? Don't raise your hands. Oh, wow, look at all his hands that almost started going up. No, I'm sure every, so, someone in here has had a bad reputation. You've had to uh, live through some things. This dude had a bad reputation, and no one in this crowd was going to give him a break because he was a thief, he was a liar, he was a cheat, and he'd been labeled. But let me tell you something. A label is not your identity. You might have messed up, but you're not a mess up. Somebody needs to hear that. You might have messed up, but you're not a mess up. So many times we live as, oh, I'm just a mess up. No, you messed up. Turn around and go back the other direction. He had to run ahead of the crowd because they probably would have pushed him away. Listen to me this morning. Maybe you've been pushed aside because you got pregnant early, young. Maybe you had an abortion, and maybe you're still working through all of that pain and things. You've been pushed aside sometimes. Maybe you've been put in, put in jail. Anybody been in jail this morning? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. A couple times, couple times. You know, maybe you've had addiction problems or you just been from a jacked up family. Anybody got a, no, I ain't asking if you have a jacked up family because you might be sitting right next to them. Ooh, that girl is jacked up. Yeah, honey, I'm, gonna, I'm taking up the offering later. Because we've been pushed aside, here's what we do. We make excuses. I'm just too much of a sinner. God can never use me. I've had some bad parents or I had a bad upbringing. God could never use me. And I can't believe how, oh, here's a big one. I can't believe how hypocritical those Christians are. There are some hypocritical Christians out there, right? Y'all might be sitting next to one of them right now. That's not an excuse to keep you from pursuing who God's called you to be. Don't let excuses make you miss Jesus walking by. 
Listen, there was a point when Zacchaeus had, to, he had lost hope that things could ever change in his life. Even though he had the money, even though he had the title, even though everything seemingly looked good on the outside, there was still something missing in his life and he couldn't put his finger on it. Can I just tell you something this morning? We got people in this world right now that have lost hope. Suicide is an all-time high right now. Depression and anxiety and addiction are running rampant right now because people are, are, have lost hope and that's a byproduct of losing hope. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want to hear, I want to encourage someone this morning, don't give up. Keep pursuing. It may be hard. You may not, you may not be able to see the fruit of it now, but there will be fruit in the, in the future if you keep pursuing God. Why? He didn't give up. He had heard about Jesus. He'd heard about the miracles. He'd heard about the crowds. He'd heard about the baptisms. But he had felt very unqualified until one thing went across his mind. Matthew was following Jesus too. What was Matthew? All of a sudden, Zacchaeus had hope because he said, even Matthew can be chosen by God. I'm gonna tell you something this morning. There's hope. It doesn't matter what everything else tells you. There's hope in God. And all of a sudden, it changed his perspective because he said, if he can pick Matthew, then he can pick me. And he can throw a water bottle down front. It's good. It gave him hope to say, even me. I want you to say something. I want you to say that with me this morning. Say, even me. Even me. No matter what you've done, he chose even me. Even me. That's right. So he said, Matthew is following me so I can do it. Zacchaeus needed to see things just a little differently. He needed a better view. And sometimes we have to change our view to see the things that God wants us to do. Number one, we can't get stuck on the ground. Oh, I got it right. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. We get stuck on the ground. We get stuck in coulda, woulda, shoulda, and we never climb. Sometimes we just got to climb above the crowd of unbelief. Sometimes we got to climb above the crowd of fear, a crowd of discouragement, because if you stay in the crowd, you will never climb and tell you why you need to climb. Because when you are looking down on things, they look so much different. Looking down on things and circumstances and obstacles, ch obstacles change your perspective. Don't you think that, that Goliath looked a whole lot different than David when he was standing over top of him with a sword, right? When he was standing up, look, oh, come on, somebody. We're seeing our giants looking up and they're standing upright. But all, and there could be fear and discouragement that can come upon us. But when he was standing over him, he said, okay, I got this. I am no longer afraid of you. You might be nine foot tall and bulletproof, but you're about to go down, brother. Woo! I thought I was tired this morning. I'm getting my second win. Sometimes, number two, you got to take a chance. The climb was risky. And let me just tell you why it was so risky. He was a short guy. Most of the tree, sycamore trees don't really have a limb that doesn't start till about eight feet or nine feet up. He had to shimmy up that tree. Let me tell you a funny story. Y'all want to hear a funny story? 
We're in Florida, and my son, who just got married last night, and his friend were there. They get the bright idea. Have you, have you seen the palm trees that kind of lean over just a little bit? You know, they're, they're not straight up. They're kind of like that. They get this crazy idea that they really want to climb this tree. Here, the, here they go. They go running all of a sudden. They get about 15 feet up, and guess what they've discovered? The bark on a, on a palm tree is not conducive to climbing scratched them all up. I mean, they were bloody the rest of the day and they never wanted to climb another palm tree after that. But you got to understand, the climb was risky and the climb was over the street. So uh, you started, he started thinking to himself, what if I fall? You know, what if something happens to me? Or what if someone makes fun of me for climbing this tree? But faith says, I know there is a risk, but I am willing to take it. I'm willing to trust that this climb, even though it's hard, is going to end up in an encounter with Jesus. He knew there was something different about this day and why he had to go run ahead of the crowd because the crowd would have told him to stop. I'm getting ahead of myself. Here we go. Luke 19.5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. That a preach right there. He looked up and he saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must stay at your house. Jesus looked up. Jesus was face to face with him. Jesus made eye contact with him. Have you ever had your kids say, Mommy, watch me. Daddy, watch me. Mommy, watch me. Dad. Isn't it a little annoying sometimes? But that's what God thinks about you. He is proud of you. Sometimes you may not make the best dive. You may be doing a belly flop instead of a great dive. But God sees you. He knows you. He's face to face with you. And he loves you as a father loves you. We need to open our eyes to the world that's around us. Sometimes we need to look because there's hurting people. That are sit you might have some hurting people sitting right next to you in this place. But you've got hurting people sitting in your offices and, and your schools. And we need to look around. They're there. We have to take time to know people, to look them face to face, to eye to eye, and have that contact. He knew him by name. Can you imagine? He looked up in that tree and he said, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus probably like, say what? How did he know me? You ever go to Kroger and they have the name tags on their thing? I know Pastor Minnie doesn't like name tags, but I do. I was in sales for years, but when you can look at someone and you can say, hey, Janie, you're having a, hey, Janie, thank you for waiting on me today. What are the, sometimes they'll go, how do you know my name? But let me tell you what, you assign value to people. That's why I'm trying to learn people's names. You assign value to people when you know their name. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus went from a nobody to the, the, the Messiah knows who I am. He knew his name. And here's the good thing. It now became per, per, personal. Because you know what Zacchaeus' name meant? Zacchaeus' name meant pure, innocent. That sure didn't fit him, did it? That's not, his, that's not who he was. And Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, you're a sinner. He didn't say, hey, you've been ripping everybody off. You're, 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 you're stealing from everyone. He didn't even say, I've heard all about you. Jesus saw something different in Zacchaeus. Come on. He sees something different in you. What you've been labeled and what people have told you, what they've called you, is not who God sees you as. I got this quote. This is good. 
The enemy knows you by your name, but he calls you by your sin. Jesus knows you by your sin, but he calls you by your name. He called your name. And you may think, man, he don't know my name. Yes, he does. He's got it written right on the palm of his hand. He knows exactly who you are and what you're going through. Your identity is not what people say you are. It's what Jesus says you are. And no matter who you are and no matter what you do, no matter how unqualified you might think you are, God picked you if you are available. You got to be available. He picked you, but you got to be available for that whatever he sent you to go do. Zacchaeus, come down. And the crowd says, stay up there. Why? Because you can't climb down. You're too fearful. You might fall. Zacchaeus, you need to stay up in that tree because you're not worthy. You're guilty. You're shameful. You have no right to be down here with Jesus. But Jesus said, no, come on down. I'm going to your house. Obedience always leads to breakthrough. And he said, I must stay at your house. He didn't say, I'm going to meet you at church. Okay. He said, I didn't, I'm not going to meet. He didn't say, I'm going to meet you at Starbucks. Praise the Lord. He didn't say, I'm going to meet you at the awful house. I mean, the waffle house. He said, I'm, I hate waffle house. Okay, just for bad, some bad experiences and we won't go there. That's a sermon for, that's an altar call for another, another night. But he said this, he said, I'm going to your home. When Jesus rode into town, he didn't plan on staying with the local big name pastor. He didn't plan on staying with the mayor or anybody respected. He said, I'm going to go home with the guy that nobody really likes. Here's the thing about it is, he says, I'm going to go home. And you know what home is? Home is where the heart is. Home is about security. Home is about family. Home is about priorities. And it's about safety. It's about running around with your favorite pajamas on. I was going to say underwear. They said, don't say that, Pastor Rich. Did it anyway. Come on, home is you can wear, you can wear them pajamas that you're not allowed to wear anywhere else. Y'all got, got a pair of those. I know it. But he wanted to be where he lived. Jesus said, I behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I stand at your heart and I knock. I stand at your home and I knock. And if you'll open it, I'm going to come on to your house and we're going to dine together. Jesus picked seemingly, listen to that word, seemingly unqualified bad fruit from a tree. But Jesus saw something different in him. He... He didn't see what the world see. He saw. He didn't see what everyone else around him saw. He saw something different. So it doesn't matter who you are. God picked you. And Zacchaeus, he said, come on down right now. I'm going to your house. He says, but God, you can't really go to my house right now because I got to get it cleaned up. Can I just tell you, when people are coming over to our house, we can clean the house for four hours. And as soon as they walk in, my wife will say, oh, don't mind our mess. I'm like, wait a minute. We just mopped these floors. For, I sweated for two hours, picked up every lint ball that I could find. I have a hard time with lint balls sometimes. But I'm like, it's not a mess. But Zachy is probably thinking, man, I got to go home. Hold on just a minute. I got to go home, make sure I picked up the laundry or made sure I did this and that because Jesus is coming in. God says, no, don't worry about cleaning up your mess. I just want to come home. 
He told the prodigal son, he said, come home. Don't worry about how dirty you are. Don't worry about where you've been. Just come on home. He said, don't worry about, you can't come to my house, Jesus, until I get it all together. Well, if you're waiting on to get it all together, he's probably never gonna come to your house because you probably won't be there. Religion says change to find God. God says, seek me and you're gonna change. Come on. God said, if you, if you are a seeker, if you're looking for God to go in a, di- in a direction you want him to be, all you have to do is seek after him. And I'm gonna tell you something. Those that seek him, the Bible says, will find him. He's not very far away if you'll seek him. Let me look at, let's look at verse six. And so he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. I just wonder if he jumped out of the tree. Y'all ever, think, y'all, y'all ever read the Bible and, and just really kind of put it into your own mind? You, you should. People say, like, oh, how do you know that? I say, I don't know that to be the facts. That's just what I interpreted. I wonder if he shimmied down that tree or if he just jumped right down in the middle of the street. That's a side note. I need to go on. I'm getting sidetracked. Squirrel. So when he made haste, he came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw him, there's always those days out there, They all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Imagine that, Jesus having dinner with the sinners. Kind of a weird concept, right? But we had a bunch of religious folks sitting around trying to find everything wrong with what was going on, trying to find everything wrong with what's going on in Zacchaeus' life, and they were trying to nitpick Jesus to death, too. But verse 8 says, Then Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'm gonna restore it. He didn't say I'm gonna double it. I'm gonna give it back four times. Because let me tell you why. A true encounter with Jesus changes everything. Number three, he wanted to make it right. Repentance is the first step. And listen what we have to do. And and don't don't hear what I'm not saying. You have to live in a lifestyle of repentance. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You make a mistake, immediately ask God to forgive you for it. You say something you shouldn't say, and that is me eight times. I just did that three times today. Forgive me, Lord. But we need to live in a, in a repentance lifestyle. Not, not wait till we have to get to church. Don't wait till it's altar call time. You can have an altar at your car. You can have an altar in your bedroom. You can have an altar wherever you need to be. Repentance needs to be a lifestyle. The next day, what do you think people thought about Zacchaeus? You know, he was seeking people out. He was looking for people, but there was a totally different way of looking for them, right? He was looking for them to to start with to get money out of them. Now he was seeking them out and and he was trying to give them something back. Have you ever been in the grocery? Oh, y'all are going to get in trouble. You ever been in the grocery and you see somebody at the very end of the aisle and you're... Oh, oh, y'all save but folks in here. You never do that, right? Don't you imagine the people that saw Zacchaeus coming? Man, they're ducking and they're dodging. They're going, oh my gosh, it's Zacchaeus. He's trying to get some money from me. But then they watch Zacchaeus do this. He walks up to the poor man's cup and he puts $100 in a cup. They watch Zacchaeus walk up to the man and say, hey, listen, I wanna let y'all know. I wanna let you know that your tax debt is cleared. 
I've taken care of it for you. There was a total shift in him. Instead of shaking them down, he was shaking them up. He made things right with people. And Jesus said to him in verse 9, Today, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. Jesus encountered a blind beggar on the way in. And now it flipped over to a rich guy. Which shows to me that God is no respecter of people. He's no respecter of persons. He loves the rich and the poor, the black and the white and the yellow. He loves the jock. He likes the guy that can't even play no sports. He loves everyone. But why did he come? Verse 10. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He had a mission when he came into Jerusalem. He knew that there was someone, Jesus knew that there was an encounter that needed to happen that would change the lives of many people. For he came to us, here's the thing, he came for us. The Bible said this, says while, oh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait, to, again, he didn't wait till we had it all together. It says while we were sinners, he came and died for us. You know what? Oh, no. Even though we were unqualified, he was committed to his mission. Listen, this is for you guys. Our families, our schools, our city, our nation, they need us to be committed to climb a tree. They need us to be committed to not giving up and, and, and need us to be committed to see what's going on in the world around us and saying yes to our call. As she said in culture, you're going to find out that you got some gifts. Everybody in this room has got some gifts. But unless you take advantage of those gifts and start using them for God's glory, they're just going to get stalled and stymied. God is calling us to be committed to make things right. Jesus went out on a limb. I'm sorry. Zacchaeus went out on a limb to get a better view physically. Oh, something changed. But now his spiritual eyes were open. Yeah, he could see Jesus like this. Yeah, I got you, I got you. But no, no, something happened in his heart and it changed and his spiritual eyes opened. He recognized Jesus for who he was. He recognized Jesus for him to be the Messiah, the Savior. And not only that, he saw Jesus as a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He saw Jesus as someone who acknowledged him, who looked at him, who saw him, who knew who he was. Let's all stand if we would please. Can I just tell you this much this morning? You're never too far for him to see you. You're never too far away for him to have an encounter with him. He knows your name. Here's the thing. Most like some other people in your family, he wants to go home with you. He wants to dine with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to be that person for you. Jesus literally went out on a limb for us because he died on a tree. He went out on a limb for us. He took a, a chance. It was risky for him. But you, me, the world, he saw that it was worth it. And listen, Jesus will always show up when you invite him into, into your house. He wants to visit your house today. When I'm talking about, I'm not talking about your address. I'm talking about your home, your house. He wants to visit you today.
And you might be saying again, like him, I don't have it all together. Can I just tell you something? He already knows that. He sees you every day. He knows you ain't got it fixed. But what he wants to do is he wants to see you fixing it. He wants to see you pursuing that. He wants to be there anyway. His presence can change. What his presence does is it changes. It convicts, not condemns. Conviction's a good thing. When you know you're not supposed to be doing something, that when the Holy Spirit is talking to you, that's a good thing. The enemy comes in and condemns. I want to preach a message about conviction and condemnation one day. But it helps us to admit our failures and sin and move on. This morning, you can easily assume that Zacchaeus was never the same. Something changed in his life. He had a more he had a fuller life just because he had an encounter with Jesus. This morning, you can do the same thing. God is just looking for encounters with people this morning. And maybe you've never encountered, maybe Jesus has never been in your home before. Never, maybe he's not ever visited your house before. This is your day. The prayer team's gonna be up on the left and the right and these altars are gonna be open. And I just want you to invite Jesus to come home this morning. And if you've never done that, all it takes is to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I was a Zacchaeus, but you came into my house and you changed my heart. You came into my house and and you gave me freedom. You gave me forgiveness. And God, I thank you for that. That's all it takes this morning, y'all. And here's another fact. Jesus made this, oh, somebody needs to hear this. Jesus made this trip through Jericho on his way to the cross. The Bible says historically, he never passed by there again. What if the what if the blind beggar hadn't cried out? What if Zacchaeus hadn't climbed the tree and pursued Jesus? Said he never passed that way again. The Bible says this, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not next week, and not next year. Oh, when I get it all together, I'll come to Jesus. No, you won't. Today is the day of salvation. And maybe not salvation is being saved. Maybe today is the day that you change some things in your life that you've been talking about. Maybe today is the day that that you surrender yourself over to the Messiah and you say, I'm gonna climb higher. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to be the best that I can be for you, Jesus, because I've been kind of living just a normal, nominal life. And we're all guilty of that one. So today, as we get ready to sing, not just another song, not just another Sunday, let's actually climb a tree with our faith. Let's actually step out and say, hey, Jesus, I know you're passing by, and I don't want to miss it because he can change everything. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.